Hello, everyone. This is the KOW Philly Soccer Show. I am KOW's Greg Rowling. And I am Mike video from Philly Soccer Page. And we're going to be talking to Dave Zeitlin, uh, local beat writer for the Union, writes for CSN, writes for MLS, uh, covered in the Union. He definitely does not have a podcast. He I does. Don't, I don't, think he has I don't a know if he does. He might. I don't with, think so. I haven't other, heard of it. With does. some other guy, anyway. And Dave's always, you know, he's much more level-headed than the two of us. He gives us great insight into just, you know, what's going on with the team, and as they keep searching for that first win, searching, searching. Uh, so let's uh, see what Dave has to say. On the line with us is uh, Dave Zeitlin, who covers the Union for uh, MLS and has been on the beat for a long time and seen a lot of ups and downs, and we are in a down right now. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm uh, cheating on Kevin being on this Oh, on no. Podcast I mean, you got, a lo- <laughs> you got a lot of love to give, so, Dave, so you can, you can spread it around. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely uh, definitely some uh, dark times. But, yeah, we've seen, uh, we've seen a lot over the years, so this is kind of like a few of the other – Hot seasons, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Greg, Greg and I have been talking about this the last couple of weeks, both on air and off air. Like, and I think you, you were there for part of this discussion in the the media lounge this weekend. Of like, is is this as low as the the lot of us have been covering this team? Because it it feels it feels like a slog this year. Yeah, it's tough. I yeah, covering the team. Um, there's also like not as many storylines to talk about, or like even players to talk to. Because when they were bad before, there's always the craziness around like Peter Novak or like Ray Smaboli or like Nick Sakavich <laughs> doing something. So you always have like these like villains you can like you can like kind of write about. And now it's like we all, at least in the media, we all kind of like everyone. You know, Jim Curtin's <laughs> a good guy. Um, Ernie Stewart's smart, sharp, and accomplished. Even Jay Sugarman, when I talk to him, he says the right things. He kind of has a good vision. So there's no one. I kind of just wrote a column about this. There's like no one really to blame. They're just like not that good right now compared to a lot of teams in the league. And uh, it's, it's, it, I guess it's more frustrating now in some ways because we were told that the franchise was kind of turning a, a, a corner last year. And I guess that, that doesn't really appear to be the case. Yeah. That was, that was kind of the point I made last week. It's like, and we, we've like, you know, all kidding aside, we've seen some bad soccer, some bad teams kind of come through here. And last year, we were kind of told, everybody was told, well, this is Union 2.0, the past was the past. I, I don't know if we were told that, but we all interpreted it that way, at least. You know, the past was right. the past, Ernie's here, there's a vision, you know, he has the connections overseas, this, that, and the other thing. And we're kind of watching the same movie again, you know, where they can't right. win, they can't score, they can't get out of their own way. And, and, and just that feeling of incompetence is kind of gripping everything again. And it, it's just... I think that's what's making it more frustrating for you know us, you know, in the media, and for certainly the people in the stands watching on TV. Yeah, yeah, and the the long term vision is still there. I mean, Ernie and Jim and and even Jay Sugarman they've talked about it, and I think they're. I mean, you could find reason for hope in the future with the academy, but as I've said, you know, other teams have good academies and good practice facilities too. So the union aren't like that much ahead of the game there, and then this. I mean, it, it's certainly fair to look at Ernie Stewart's uh, player personnel moves and who he's brought in, and you could certainly question that at this point. I mean, especially looking at the attacking guys he's brought in with uh, Roland Alberg and mm-hmm. uh, Jay Simpson, I feel like that's it's a big problem area right now that those two guys, you know, I guess could have potential to be pretty good, but uh, neither of them are stars, and in this league you need either a star striker or a star attacking playmaker, and 
the blame for that either falls on Ernie Stewart or on Jay Sugarman for like really not opening his wallet. I mean, let, let, well, let's 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 heap some blame then. Uh, let, let, and let's talk about some particular pieces that are missing. I mean, you, you mentioned the the lack of a, a true striker, and particularly, I think what we've talked about on this show is the the lack of a striker that fits into this formation. Um, you know, the, right. the 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 tape on Jay Simpson is that always he's been a guy that uh, thrives with support. And he's basically in the, the the little that we've gotten to see of him has been running around up top with no link up play at all. Um, so it's it's hard to see how a guy like that is, is you know is brought into play in this system. That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And you know, there's like with Jay Simpson, with TJ Sapong, and with Charlie Davies. These are all guys who are you know like pretty good players, but they're not stars. And when you have a when you have a star striker, it just changes everything. I remember we were talking in the media room last week. There was someone saying, who should I play on my fantasy team, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Lahren or uh, Bradley Wright Phillips? And I was like, I think they're both probably going to score. And then they both scored that weekend, you know. That's the thing with, like, guys like that. Like, you can expect a goal at any time, and they can change a mm-hmm. game. And the Union don't have that kind of difference maker right now. And I personally think they're only one big player away from possibly being a good team and whether that's a striker or an attacking midfielder um i think either one could work but i think they need at least one difference maker in the attacking third right now and i like the you know we kind of tweeted back and forth on this the tweet you put out that you know there are two dp signings play essentially the same position um and and moa do three dps if you can moa do yeah yeah three yeah you know Maybe. And uh, Brian Carroll, you know, plays that holding midfielder position, and, and it, it just, you know, we talk about vision and all that, but it, it, that's the other thing you point to, and that's kind of in both uh, regimes now that they've gotten guys, they've gotten people, and right. you just never feel like they have a plan to, to to put them there. And Jay Simpson's, I think, the best example of that because he's just certainly not working in this system, right. Yeah, no, and that, yeah, like, I started to think about that today. Like, many of their big signings are more, like, deep-lying midfielders, and that's important to have, but it's not it's not going to help if you don't have mm-hmm. a guy who can finish. And I was thinking about this, too. Like, in franchise history, have they ever brought in uh, from overseas, like, a big-time um, attacking player? I think there might have been two. You could say Carlos Ruiz mm-hmm. and Tranquilo Barnetta and maybe Freddie Adu, if you want to go there. But for the most part, they found their top goal scorer throughout history have been MLS players, you know, like with two or Connor Casey, they developed Jack McInerney there, Pontius, CJ Sapon. These are MLS players and they've never really gone out uh, for like different countries and found like a high profile player, like the fire did let's play with a uh, best Schweinsteiger. We had, we had a post on this uh, on Philly soccer page today about the, the leadership on this team. And it's, it's been something that I've been talking about with Greg on this show a little bit. And we talked about last week and it's something we've been talking about internally at Philly soccer page. And it's, you know, you, you have Ali Bedoya wearing the, the captain's armband, which I, you know, I, I don't, it's kind of a weird move to me as a guy that just joined the team last year, but he comes in with the big credentials. He's, you know, quite a few caps for the national team. Um, so, you know, it's it's hard to dispute it too much, especially without there being another player on the team that you could easily anoint the captain. But I, I think that there's there's the, the lack of leadership in, in missing guys like Sebastian Latou and Tranquillo Barnetta were guys that just, like, they left it all out there when they played. They held their teammates accountable when they didn't. And I'm not seeing that with this group. Would you agree? 
I would, yeah, that's a pretty good assessment. Um, I, I'd say Bedoya, you know, he, he does check a lot of the boxes as, as what you would want a captain to be. He fills a lot of their their off-field responsibilities. He seems pretty well-liked. He definitely has the pedigree in Europe and with the national team. So um, I understand why they would make Bedoya that. But, yeah, I mean, they, are, they do seem to be missing something. And, yeah, like you mentioned with two and even other guys who really – I guess, I mean, guys who maybe weren't as talented, but guys who the fans kind of respected for their play, like Shane and Williams even, or or to someone like that. They, yeah, they don't, uh, they don't seem to have a lot of that this year. That's a, that's a good point. So kind of the elephant in the room is, um, do, do we think a change is coming? Uh, um, at the with, with curtain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just put it out there. I do. Do we feel like a change is coming at, at that? I, the coaching spot. I mean, I don't. I mean, I just, I honestly just wrote a column for CSN that like just went up, and I, I mean, I personally don't think firing Curtin would make sense. I mean, we've both been here for two coaching changes, and while they're both understandable, especially Peter Novak with all the stuff he was doing, it just kind of seemed to set the franchise back like a year or two because the new guy would come in and kind of have his own interpretation on the system and the players, and there'd be like this big adjustment period and. So, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily what Ernie Stewart uh, wants to do. I think he likes the the uh, trajectory right now. And to Ernie's credit, I mean, he doesn't seem like a guy who would make a change just for the sake of making a change. Like maybe other soccer teams from around the world, there he might not feel the same kind of pressure to win right away just because he has that kind of long-term vision, I guess. So, um, I mean, if it gets to a point where they're like still winless in the summer, and it's, I mean, it's it's becoming absurd, they might be forced into it. But uh, unless it's something crazy like that, I don't really see it happening. I don't necessarily think it should happen either. Um, in in that little uh, video interview that Taylor Twelman did with uh, Ernie Stewart that appeared uh, during the match this week, um, he not only backs Ernie or backs Jim Curtin as uh, continuing to be the head coach. He, he he talks a little bit about his coaching style and he calls him a player's coach. And I think we've always yeah. seen that with with being around Jim. He's kind of he, you know despite his uh, kind of fiery playing career, he's always been kind of a measured approach. You know he seems to get on with the guys a little bit. And it seems like that might not be the guy that they need right now, though. And and uh, you know, we we wrote this on Philly's soccer page. I, you know, I, I kind of wish that, that they would have someone come in and kind of throw a chair across the locker room and say, "You guys need to wake up a little bit." There's the and it, it comes back to that that desire issue that I think is is not here with the team. So do you do you think Jim is capable of of being that guy and throwing the chair across the the locker room when it's called for? <laughs> um. <laughs> Do we really want that, though? I mean, it, yeah, I do. In, in, I, I, not not every do. week, I mean, I, but I think in in measured doses, something like that can work. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, I understand, but you have to be careful. It's yeah. a line there, but it's like Peter Novak, I guess, could be described as that kind of coach, and then he was. He was sued for you know hazing and like mystery. I'm not talking, about, ha- I'm not talking about hazing the guys and weird <laughs> no, spanking know, rituals. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about a good chewing out at halftime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and do we know Curtin doesn't do that? Right. I mean, I think he he gets after guys at times. And uh, um, yeah, no, I definitely see your point. I, I didn't mean to say anything like that. I just uh, uh, that style of coach, um, you know, it, it it could work, but it could also be terrible, and it could lose the locker room. I think Curtin still has this team. He still has the locker room. Um, at least that's what he says. And uh, there's a chance they could turn it around because of that. And if he was really going after guys, you know, it could have a negative effect too. I think. Yeah, 
like I said, I think in small doses, just uh, I just get get a feeling. I said this last week that just they're losing. They're kind of mired in this, but it, it just feels these guys feel too comfortable. You know, it just yeah. feels, still feels like a comfortable situation for the players, and you know, and it it, it shouldn't be. So if they're going to make a change. Well, yeah. Yeah, they're going to make a change to bring in a guy that's going to kind of let a fire under people. I, I think that would be understandable. Again, yeah. you know, I don't, you know, coaching firings are rarely fair. I don't think this would be totally fair if it happened. But and, and I'm certainly not calling for it. But the, but you just kind of look at the situation as it is, and they kind of keep doing the same thing over and over again. That you just feel like something's right. got to break. Yeah, and and I mean, and I also said in my podcast, you know, like whether whether or not he's fired or not, I do think a good coach when they're faced in an kind of early season troubles like this does make some kind of change. So whether Mm -hmm. that's, whether that's Mm -hmm. yelling at players, whether that's kind of changing up his like routine and practice or warm up or pregame talk or changing personnel, changing the system. It doesn't sound like he's going to change the system from a four, two, three, one, but he certainly could change personnel. And that's what he did last week. It sounds like from his press conference this week, he might, he might make more changes. I guess uh, Ray Gaddis was playing with the first team, so that could be a spot for him to come in for uh, for uh, Keegan Rosenberry, who's kind of been struggling. So that might light a fire under a guy like Keegan or or or, or a player like Pontius, who's also off to a bad mm-hmm. start. So definitely benching guys or bringing them off the bench or doing something different, I think, uh, would be called for at this point. Yeah, and I'm glad you kind of brought the, the players up because we've been kind of harping on you know, Ernie and the system and the and, and the coaching staff, but, I mean, there's accountability lays with the players, and you kind of look up and down the roster. You know, uh, Andre Blake's been decidedly average this year. Um, yeah. You know, Keegan Rosenberry's, you call a sophomore slump or whatever you want to call it, but he's in a slump. Chris Pontius has been kind of non-existent, you know, you know, Jay Simpson, your your big signing, quote unquote, he's struggled. So there's instances where you know, there's blame everywhere for what's going on with this team. Basically, yeah. I mean, have you guys been surprised right. that they've they've stuck with some of these guys for as long as they have? I mean, Chris Pontius hasn't made a mark on any of the six games that he's played in this season, and right. he gets rolled out as a as a you know as a starter every match. And that's I'm lost at this point as yeah. to what it would take for one of these guys to to have to sit the bench for a little while. We might see it this well, week. Yeah, it, yeah, you yeah, might see it this week with, with Keegan and uh, who knows who else. But uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 definitely true. And I think if you do want to blame Curtin for something, he may have you know seen how good Keegan, um, Chris Pontius, and guys like that were last year. And it was you can argue that it was an aberration in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, Pontius has never been consistent in his MLS career. It's usually be, been because of injuries, but he's never had really two straight good seasons, I don't think. You know, Keegan was just a rookie last year, so, I mean, it's yeah. it's natural to expect, you know, maybe uh, some kind of, like, a regression this year. So if the union were expecting the same kind of seasons from uh, Keegan, Pontius, Blake, even Herbers, then, you know, that could that could be asking for trouble because it's just not, it's not really how things go. Uh, well, Dave, I want to thank you uh, very much for hopping on with us. Before we uh, before we let you go, where can people find you? Where can people read your stuff here and hear your voice? Uh, yeah, so I just I write a lot for for SCSN. So Leah just had a column there. Um, MLS is MLSsoccer dot com. I still do some stuff, but it's kind of been less. I'm like an an editor there now too. So uh, and then I have my podcast with 
Kevin Kincaid, which competes with yours and our <laughs> wild radio wars. Yes, right. It's always soccer yeah. in Philadelphia. Much better podcast than this one. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I agree. I, with I, you. I think, I I think totally we would agree. both agree with you. There's no <laughs> doubt in our minds. You guys actually have guests. We just. Yeah. You guys have guests. Uh, does that make it better, though? Yeah, I don't know if that's better or worse, honestly. Um, I mean, look at the caliber of our guests. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, there we go. There you go. Our only guest has been. Our only guest has been I'm Kevin's dog Baxter. So and that's that's probably I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of ins- lot of insight coming from uh, from, from Baxter. So <laughs> he's pretty uh, good. Yeah, Dave, always uh, great to have you on. Always great to hear your insight, and uh, yeah, we'll see you in the press box. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, sounds good. See you guys Saturday. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> no problem. Take care. Uh, our good friend Dave Zeitlin commiserating uh, with yeah. Dave Zeitlin. Yeah, he's he's a lot more level headed than we are. Less less I am. Uh, I think he he. he He's kind of seeing the whole picture uh, there <laughs> with the with you know with the long term plan and all that and it and it's something uh, you know I, Kevin Kincaid our good, other good friend he tweeted about it and he said to you in the post game video you guys did Mike um, that some people may see Ernie coming in as hitting the reset button yeah and the union st- and whereas you're one or you're zero yeah. With the union, I which, hate this. I, no, no, which I, I hate it. Which it shouldn't. He can be. He can think that, but I don't like him saying it because honestly, the the fans have suffered through no. seven years of pretty substandard soccer. You know, with with a couple of exceptions. Yeah, most likely the just the second year at this point. Yeah, I mean, we, we you know the fans have suffered through like is a bad you know substandard soccer some years, kind of scraping together these signings of kind of real reaches of, yeah. of players coming in and not panning out or, or, or things like that. You know, the David Victorias and Steve Victorias and of, yeah. of the world, um, you know, th- things like that. So to, to ask your fans to tell your fans, well, we know all you guys have been here since the beginning, but the beginning's happening again. Yeah. That's tough. And, you know, franchises don't do that really no i mean it, it it's still philadelphia union yeah it's been philadelphia union for seven years right and it's like and you're not at zero because you have at least an infrastructure you have you had teams you have players you have stadium you have all that stuff yeah you know and it's 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 that's kind of a, a it's frustrating for fans and i don't blame fans for not buying into it i mean they want it you know, it, it's been rebuilt every year or every other year for seven years, and at some point you got to kind of say, "Well, we're, you know, we're taking that next step." Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I, and I think a lot of people thought that those steps would be uh, faster and bigger when Ernie came in, yeah. and they've been more or less the same as they had in the past. You know, I don't think that any of the the guys that that Ernie has brought in have been extremely revelatory in in how they fit into a system or how they've played on the field. I mean, can you point to one huge difference maker that he's brought in yet? No. It's it's tough to, you know, Menudian's played fine. I think he's probably the best signing. Oh, he's definitely the best signing of this offseason because he's actually getting on the field and contributing and, you, you know, I mean, you can you can point to some of the the good draft picks last yeah. year. I guess you know with Keegan and Fabian and and Josh Yarrow. Yeah. Um. You know, all had really great rookie years, and you know, Ernie's here for that stuff. But you know, yeah. talking about, you know, we're hoping that I, I think 
Union fans were hoping that he was going to come in with his European connections and bring in this pipeline of guys that maybe we had not heard of but were fantastic players <laughs> right. or, or, or at least really good cogs in, in a particular system, and it's been almost the opposite. Which I think um, a lot of us thought Juan uh, Olam was going to be that guy. Yeah. Like, like I think what, how you, what you just described kind of fits what we all thought Juan uh, Olam was going to be, and he's, you know, third or fourth in the organizational depth chart right now at, at left back. Yeah. Um, which is a problem. It's, yeah. <laughs> which is an issue. Yeah. And, and you know, in, in an offseason where you didn't bring in that many players, right. to have one of those guys that you brought in not even being able to be close to sniffing the lineup is, is, is it's unfortunate. You know, I think it's, it's incredibly disappointing. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it with Dave and we talked about it a little bit last week, but <clears throat> Just kind of the decline of some of the players that were here is where I mean, Pontius, you weren't going to get 12 goals out of him again. You just weren't. That's 12 yeah. goals was you know, not only best case scenario last year, was like I think beyond anybody's expectation. Yeah. But you you were expecting contributions and you're really not getting that yet. Keegan, I think it's a combination of things with Keegan right now. I just He's just not getting the room, the room that he had last year. I think he's not sneaking up on teams anymore. I think teams kind of know him, which happens. Um, it's, not, it's not even just that either. It's, you know, I think particularly watching New York, they decidedly wanted to go down the yeah. union's right side. Yeah, because you figure senior's not playing defense. Yeah. So you just blow by, by him, and now you, you have a second-year player who's, you know, kind of a bit short on confidence that you can attack. Yeah, and not only that. I mean, last last week you had a second-year player short on confidence and a, and a rookie starting his first game right. and with Elliott in the, at right center back. So, I mean, yeah, I think – you know that's 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 got to be pretty exciting if you're an NYCFC oh, attacking player. Oh, for sure, player. for sure. Um, so it's it's we've talked about problems last couple like few weeks. Um, what are solutions? <laughs> what are some solutions? Well, you know, I think you know changing the personnel a, a little bit last week was at least. Uh, uh, a harboring of that that something can change, which mm-hmm. was which nice. Um, you know, I don't know if it made a huge difference. I didn't see a whole lot from Roland Alberg playing the ten. Uh, I thought Ali Bedoya looked a little bit better, and uh, he even admitted to us post game that he was more comfortable playing in the eight. Um, you know, the position that he's played most uh, most frequently. Um, you know, I think the the Dave t- saying before, and then the tweets that we saw to practice today that there's there looks like there could be a couple of more changes coming this week. I think that that is one of the solutions is is shuffling the personnel. I mean, we we've talked about this, you know, ad nauseum for you know half a year now of tweaking the the formation a little bit to, to mm-hmm. try something different, and that's I I don't even want to suggest it at this point. Well, if he's it's not going to tw- happen, if he's not going to tweak the formation and change the personnel, you know, and I think I've harped on this like these guys are too comfortable. The one way to make guys kind of uncomfortable is to really threaten their jobs. Yeah, basically, and if you're Taking Keegan out and, and putting Ray in there, at least in the practice so far, yeah, that that's you know that's it's going to shake a guy. I you know I and I hope it does. You know I, I you know I I think some of these guys need it. I think quite a few of them actually. Yeah. I th- you, know, you talk about guys being comfortable, like, and I think that there's guys that you could be making an example of too. I mean, you know, what have you seen from Bedoya in six games? You know, you're not getting that much out of him in the midfield. Haul him off in the 60th minute. I don't yeah. think anybody's going to have a problem with that at this point. No, no, and and you know he's your million dollar guy and all that, but you know it, it'll shake everybody else up. Yeah, I think you so. You know, if he, he's kind of got to even even something you talk to him about before, because he's one of your leadership guys, and say, hey, you know, I got to shake these guys up. This is what I want to do. Yeah, 
you know, you just get them on the page, same page. You know, that's that's one way to go. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're they're winless. They they haven't won a game since August. Whatever you, you're justifying, just about anything you do at this point to yeah. try to try to wake this team up, benching guys, you know, putting new guys in there. Whatever you got to do to break this, you're pretty much justified in doing. Yeah, I mean, if if, if you know, if that means benching or hauling off your, you know, your big million dollar DP, then that's that's fine. If it, you know, yeah, I, I I think it's all it's all on the table. Um, what what did, talking about the some of the changes that were made last week? What did you see anything different from from that group? Uh, did you did you like uh, Allberg in the ten? You see it with these with these team with this team that they just put moments together. They they put they can put like a twenty minute span together, and you kind of you saw that in this game a little bit. And I think you know they they, they can come out of the blocks kind of hot sometimes, but there's just they don't know where to go after that. Yeah, you know there's there's never that next step. And I think Allberg did some some different things. I really liked um, uh, uh, Adam Kahn's uh, tactical breakdown this week, which I mean it's always terrific. great, but yeah. he really Kind of honed in on what Allberg's, what Allberg was doing out there, and what his instincts are, and his instincts aren't to be a ten. His instincts are to be kind of a withdrawn striker yeah. and look for opportunities to score, not so much opportunities to set another guy up. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Adam, um, and I, I think that is Roland's game, and I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing for the the Union. It, it's not if you put but, him in that. Give him an opportunity to use that, though. Yeah. Which this system doesn't lend itself to. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Uh. You know, I, I, I do think we'll probably see Roland again, mm-hmm. judging by the the way that the team practiced it. I don't know. Um. Can we let's let's continue to talk about Roland a little bit because it, it came out during the game, and you know, a lot of us heard Jim say that there is a fitness issue with mm-hmm. Roland, but we didn't know what exactly it was. But apparently, he came into camp. Somewhere between fifteen to twenty pounds overweight. Um, something that Taylor Twelman yeah, said during the game. Yeah, we our, our, our friend Jonathan Tannewell tweeted that out, and Twelman apparently said that in the in the broadcast. That's that's unexcusable. Really how does a professional a, soccer player come in? And, and uh, I mean, yeah. it, it happens in every sport, and, and I know I know how yeah. it happens. Well, but, yeah. I mean, but I mean, you know, I just want. I talked about it's got to be something else, and I wanted it to be something else. Yeah, no, it was. That. I talked about. <laughs> It was that, and if that's that's kind of it's really not an excuse for that in this no. day and age. No, it's I mean, like like sports, you know, it's not like the fifties, man. It's sports are twelve months. These leagues are twelve months now. You're always an athlete, you know. You're all if you're in your off season, you're always working, or you should be. And you know, they, you know, you need to break any ground. They're just caught up to everybody else, but they're very much have bought into. You know the sports science and the fitness, yep. and you know having a year-round program and everybody getting in shape. And if you don't do that, you know, and if you can't get it, get yourself in shape to you know until I don't know, it's seventh game, sixth game, seventh game now to, to earn a start. That's a huge problem. Yeah. And and you know, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, that's a, it's a huge. Huge, huge problem with the with, and it's on the player, and that's something that's on the player. Yeah, uh, you know, we heard all all in the preseason that that Fabian Herbers was the guy that came in fittest. Yeah. Let, let's get rolling, training with Fabian. Seriously, yeah, get, right. get, get him off the El Cino diet and on the, on the Herbers diet. <laughs> oh, that's mean. Um, I'm that's, just calling it like I see it. Yeah, man. seriously, <laughs> seriously. Um, 
Yeah, so at least maybe they've solved that problem now, but man, that's 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 an issue. <laughs> and that's nothing you and like I said, there's blame kind of all up and down the line. That's one of the things you point at. The, the other thing, and nobody's really talking about it, but you know, Andre Blake's just really average this year. Very average. He, he's very average this year. Yeah, and, you know, I think for a time he had his uh, the the save percentage was below fifty percent. That's I mean, scary. They're, they're not letting in a ton of shots, but the, yeah. the shots that they're they're getting letting get through are, are and you, you are could, good chances. I mean, you could point to at least one goal that's like directly on him and the the uh, um, was Orlando or the, the miskick, yeah, 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 with the bad distribution. Yeah, I mean, that's really you could kind of distribution that's always been his weakness, but it's yeah, you know, you know I when, when you know, just the fact that kind of the rest of this game's kind of come back to earth. So now your weakness, you know, yeah. your weakest part gets gets kind of exaggerated. It seems like. I mean, the the David Villa goal at the end of the game was spectacular. That's, yeah, oh, that's, I know. Yeah, he's, are you gonna? It's like there's like a handful. Can you, can you tell me that Andre should save that? No, no, no. And it's, there's like a handful of guys in the world who could do what he just what he yeah. did in that game. No, and I I don't. I'm not killing him for that goal. I mean, that's just you know, it's David Villa. Yeah. Doing something special. Yeah, I but definitely a couple that you know you think he would have come up with last year. Yeah, you know, I, I was critical of the the first goal he let him let in against Portland from from Darlington yeah. Abbey, which is about twenty yards out that beats him at the near post. Um, you know, you point to the goal in Orlando. Um, yeah, the the first goal against New York this week, I can't put on him. I mean, that's that's Jack Harrison breaking in one on one with yeah. the goalkeeper. I'm not going to blame the goalkeeper, yeah. even though I mean I didn't think Harrison had the cleanest finish on it, but you know. I, I don't think Andre's going to come up with that. And I thought he was one of his better, best games this season, too. Mm-hmm. I thought he had a couple of really spectacular stops. Uh, really nice one in the first half down to his left after uh, Richie, Richie Marquez had a, a terrific <laughs> save right before that with, right. with both hands. Right. Well, <laughs> um, so do you put it, Andre's kind of struggle a little bit, do you put it just... He feels like maybe things are kind of around him or falling, no, think, falling apart a yeah, bit. And he, you know, you know, I, th- I think the whole you. team is low on confidence. Yeah, yeah I, and I think that 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 definitely factors into to Andre's performance too. You know, I you know with with the team getting on a hot start last year and yeah. Andre kind of you know uh, moving his game up a level to to match the rest of the team. I thought that was terrific last year. You know, I thought. You know, you make made yeah. a big step forward, and you know, I you, you hope when the 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 ship starts to turn around, and, and hopefully it does turn around, um, that his play coincides with it. All right, so Montreal comes to town. They're not spectacular this yeah. year, um, but they won last week, though, didn't they? Yeah, but it, it, and like I said last week, it's tough to pick this team to win until they win. Yep, I'm not. <laughs> Can they go zero and three in this in the in, in this uh, I mean in this homestand? I no, I, I no. <laughs> I mean, I don't want them to, but I mean, they could. They, Certainly, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they haven't won a game, so yeah, it's definitely possible. You know, it was, it's funny to me to think of three weeks ago we were saying six or seven points out of the homestand, or Jim is going to get fired, and now we're looking at three at the most. Right. You know, it's it's t- and I'm going to go back to this. I take no pleasure in this. I don't want Jim to get fired. We've seen guys fired for lots less than, yeah. than what's kind of happening with this team. Yeah, right and, now. Uh, yeah. And and you know, it's 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 just tough. It's it's tough because I don't I don't want this for him. You know, no, you don't. I don't I, want this. To, I don't want him to struggle because you know I think 
we talk about a guy that you know, you know, we lost guys like Latou and Barnetta and things like that. Guys that take pride in wearing the shirt. I think Jim takes pride in being the coach of Philadelphia I, I think Union. That, I think for I, th- sure. I think he takes pride in the fact that he's a you know, hometown guy, proud on the sidelines yeah. for a Philadelphia team. I absolutely believe that, and you know, there might not be other guys on this team right now that do, but he absolutely does. Yeah, and I, agree I with and that. I. So again, that's why I don't want this for him. But I said something just needs to happen to to light a fire fire under these guys yeah. a little bit more. You know, if, if if it's Jim going in the room and 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 chewing a guy out or two, if it's uh, if it's Ernie doing that, if it's if it's one of the players just you know losing yeah. his cool on the on the field and 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 trying to get the guys involved a little bit more, it's just it, it just it all just seems so so nervous and it seems it seems so fashionless on time. That's 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 and the then, biggest and that, problem. And and those two emotions are really really transferring into the stands. And that's the thing. And we talk about this with Philly fans. And it is a bit cliched, but if if you, if you get your jersey dirty and you know if you die for that last ball that's going out of bounds, or you know if you're with the Sixers or you're you know you put in a really heavy check against a guy, and if you're the flyer, win, lose, or draw. People respect that. You know, yeah. they see, okay, well, we're not doing that good, but man, these guys got a little bit of grit. Man, they care. Man, it's just you don't you don't see that. And the whole Philly tough thing, I know it's it's cliche, it's a bit overrated, but it is part of kind of what makes Philly fans tick. And if they don't see you trying, yeah, then that's that's like the, that's that's a bigger sin than losing. In Philadelphia, yeah, yeah. his lack of trying. Yeah, you know, I, I thought when when New York went up one nothing on uh, on on Friday last week, that was the end of the game. Yeah. You know, I I never thought that the Union were going to come back. Yeah. I don't and, I don't think the players on the field thought that they could happen. I don't think the fans in the stands thought it would happen. Yeah, I, we I talked to with our sportscaster Matt Leon here at KOW that he says he said it just when we we're talking like one against this team is like five basically. Yeah. Because you just don't you, you look up and down this team. Who gets you a goal when you need it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's no one. Yeah, there's really nobody there. All right, uh, I think we'll start wrapping it up on that. I guess we have the prediction. <laughs> one one. I can't. I can't. Like I said, I'm not taking them to win until they win. Yeah. If, yeah. One one. And if they if they could winless in this streak and in, in this homestand. It, it's disastrous. It is. You know, because, yeah, you, go, you, okay, have a, you have there, a looming trip to okay, LA these, after this? These three teams were not gimmies. You know, even Montreal was not that good. Montre- Montreal. Montreal and New York. Yeah. You know, not not great teams. Not Te- great teams. Teams that you would expect to at least have the better of the play at home. Or compete. I mean, Portland. Portland's best team in the league right now. You know, been great to get a result. You thought they could, at least early on they didn't. But, you know, New York, Montreal, again, not gimmies. But you're home, you know. Yeah. You're home. You got to figure out a way to. to yeah, to, to two win. and two games to the homestand. You've been outscored five to one. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, they've scored more than one goal once this season. Yeah, two two draws once, and yeah, and they couldn't get a win out of it. So, yeah, I I, mean, I think Ali Badoya did say this in the the post game presser, and when someone asked him what they needed to do to turn this around, he's like, "We need a a, a big win." He's like, "We need to win three four nil. We yeah. need to have a clean sheet." We need to have a performance where it doesn't feel like the other the other team gets anything going. We need that badly. And oh, that'd it's be like great. I, I I agree we need that, but it was like where where <laughs> how? where is that coming from? How and from? where? Yeah, how and where? Yeah, I mean it's up to him to fire up the guys to get there. I think. Yeah. All right, uh, I want to thank Dave Zeitlin who covers the team for MLS and for uh, CSN, 
and he has you know some podcasts or something. They do. I, don't know. <laughs> I never but, heard. But yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, definitely take uh, check Dave out either uh, online or on his podcast. He's a uh, uh, very insightful dude. So he's uh, always glad to have him on. I want to thank Mike, my co-host, for just beating ourselves up again. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I don't think I gave my did I get my prediction. I think you I did. Said, we I both said, said one one. Yeah, and that's that's. Yeah, as bad as optimistic as we're going to get on the yeah, show right now. I think now. we both and, said 1 1 last week, too. And yeah, did we? We did. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and we'll check you out next week.